0: Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Abundant Life Church,
1: where we believe that God is a good God. He loves you and he wants to bless you. Now join us as we dive into today's message. Wow. Well, I'm glad to be here this morning. I hope that you are too. Some of y'all pushed through the the cold rain and all, but we are here and uh, it's an exciting time. We're in the second Sunday of the year. The Lord's just been doing some great things and uh, I just even want to just t- t- take inventory right now. Uh, if the Lord's been moving in your life this year in a, in a particular way, can you just wave at me? If you say, man, I've been encountering a greater measure of just getting closer to the Lord. I'm in this time of 21 days of fasting and uh, comfort is truly being cut back. <laughs> wow. I-, I love what the Lord is doing. Um, just uh, recently, as of yesterday, Bishop just got back from a time away over in Thailand and, um, Dad, I know you're going to be preaching here in a couple of weeks, but do you want to share with the people some of the things that, that's going on? Uh, I was just thinking about that coming out here this morning. Um, and as, as our bishop comes uh, uh, this, this morning, he was away for a little over a week over in Thailand. And we've got an orphanage and a boys and girls home that's over there. And, and we've been supporting that. And, and Bishop had an opportunity to be over there. So welcome, Bishop, this morning. I'm I,
0: I, I not planning on speaking anything this morning. I, yes, you gotta realize right now it is uh, 11 at night uh, for me and uh, 12 hours difference. So just bear with me. But no, we had a phenomenal trip. The, it, it, the trip was about going over because we, we committed to help create the fire Bible for the Oka tribe. What's well, happened over the years in 1994, we got involved with the Oka tribe, uh, they were about to be an extinct people. And through the grace of God and the work of, of this ministry, a lot of what we've been able to provide financially for seeds of greatness that we sowed over there, uh, the tribe has begun to expand. It's, it, it's growing, it's, it, and the, the government has recognized who they are. They now have migrated into four other countries. There's about five countries that the Acker tribe is now located in, and uh, they needed a needed a study Bible, and and so that's something we went over to sit and talk with the leaders and and uh, one of the key leaders her husband and uh, they're over nine churches there with the aqua tribe and her husband passed away uh last year during the uh, or year before last with the COVID, and so she's here by herself working working these churches and, they, and they're right in the middle of building a church they were building and we're getting to talk to her and talk about the other leaders and they said to us they said the problem we have is that the 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 bible that, the ver, version we wanted to use the new living uh Bible we wanted to, to use that along with the uh, make it our, our study Bible. Uh, we cannot get the rights to that. Someone else has the rights to it and they are not uh, open to allowing Pentecostals use they're against Pentecost. They don't believe in <laughs> healing, they don't believe in miracles, they don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a long story. And so when we got over there, we're meeting with them and, and they in meeting with the leaders, they found out they could not get the rights to it. And as I'm sitting in the meeting, about 45 minutes in, and they're going, finally, uh, Jeff looked at me, and he said, if we can't get this Bible, and this is the one they're insisting that they need, he says, listen, it might take us six to eight years to get this thing done. And I looked at him, and I said, I don't have six to eight years. You understand <laughs> what I'm saying? I mean, my son's already taken over everything here. I'm not going to lose it. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Yes, I'm joking. <laughs> but I, but and I, thought, I told Sean, Pastor Sean, I said, we can't wait six to eight years. It's just too long. And so I'm sitting there and I looked at him I said, let me ask you something. Uh, When y'all got started in ministry, you know, back in the day before we had the computers and all the wonderful things that we have now that we can go online and get all the stuff we need, get our iPhone and check out anything we want, check out any kind of translation. I said, what did you use? They said, you know, we had these reference books. I said, yeah, like Strong's Concordance and which you can get online now and you can get the W. Vines Expository Dictionary. You, you, You can get all of these different reference Bibles. And I said, why can't we take all the reference material, put it into a, a book, a reference book, a workbook kind of a thing, and make that available? And then they can buy the Bible version they want, and then they just lay this next to it, which is what I've done for years until we enter into the computer uh, age that we're in today. And they just kind of looked at me like, you know, of course, I'm a prehistoric person. You know, they're going, yeah, look, that's the age you're from. And I said, what other option do you have? And they looked at me, and I looked at the other pastor that was going to partner with us, and uh, Pastor John out of, of across the state. And, they, and he says, this will work. Long story short, we're going to be able to develop this. We'll get it done, hopefully, for the next two years and instead of four years. In the next two years, we'll get it done. It'll take us uh, 100000 less than we thought we were going to have to do. Amen. And so instead of $400,000, it's going to be about $300,000. And and so we're going to get this thing done. But we were able to get that accomplished by the presence of God and the power of God. We also visited the girls and boys home that's over there. They're doing phenomenal. They're graduating 17 kids from high school this year. And uh, one one of the things that really was remarkable, because we helped start that home in 1994. In fact, this church helped buy the property. And we help build buildings, and we also build a church over there. Oh, it's a long story for the years. We, for the years, this church has been very instrumental in what's going on. Over 6,000 kids rescued from child trafficking. And it's the seeds you've sown out of this church. Amen. And, and so we're talking to them, and, and, and they're going to be sending the information to me. But uh, they have two young people that this church, about 12, well, about 14 years ago, uh, a little more than 15 years ago now, because he's graduating early. Uh, th- we w- were called up by uh, Jeff Dove. His wife said, I want to go to minister to the ladies in prison. The, the door opened up. We can go there. But she said, I don't have the money because I want to give them things. I want to give them, you know, personal items and stuff that ladies, hygiene and things that ladies can use. Some of you might remember that when we talked about it. Well, I, by the grace of God, I got on the phone. I, I called a couple of people. And we sent $14,000 in less than 24 hours to Come them. On. That they could. Get this church. <laughs> so, out of that, there were two of the ladies that were ministered to who gave birth to children in the prison that they put into our girls' and boys' home. And, Dar, I'm sitting there looking at you. I'm mean, a little baby sitting up in your Dennis' laps. And, y'all, we had a great time over there. And uh, so that you know, I mean, you can be a witness. You've been there, You see, it's really real. <laughs> But we, we, we're talking to them, and the one boy that was born there, and they took him in. He had all kind of complications. They didn't know whether he'd ever be normal. They didn't think he'd, they didn't know how long he would live, and all of this stuff. He is graduating early from high school. He is he's, he's a, he's going to be a scholarship to university.
1: It's awesome. awesome.
0: It's amazing. Another little girl who was born that was that was just totally you know nobody wanted. we brought her into the home. She now is very quickly becoming a recognized national singer in the nation of Thailand. Come on, folks. That, that's, just, that's just two of the stories, but there are hundreds of stories yeah. because of the seeds you sowed. We're changing the world, not only where we live, but we're changing the world over in Thailand for a group of people that had been forgotten but we reached back with the love of God and said, you're not forgotten. We picked them back up. And today they're flourishing, their lives are changing, and they're touching a the nation for God. God bless you. That's
1: awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. One of the, one of the things that I think is uh, so cool is the fact that the boys and girls home that is over there in thailand a lot of these children are 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 children that's been rescued out of either human trafficking or were about to be placed in some type of uh, life-altering situation and so the joy in being able to know that that these aren't just you know kids of a uh, you know coming up just in an area and some of them are of the local village in the area but but a lot of them are children that's been rescued that were on one direction, that the enemy thought that he was going to ruin their life, but now here they are being raised up in a godly environment and that we get to support that. So praise God for that. That excites me. The, um, the fire Bible, listen, you're going to hear a lot about that this year. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll go even as far as to say that uh, this last year in July, when we did our freedom offering... Uh, If y'all remember those that were in the service for that as we gave our freedom offering, over $100,000 came in for missions for Fire Bible last July. And so it's so awesome to know that number one, missions is in your heart. Missions is in the heart of this house because we can't say reach our world with life and, and not be about you know, sharing the gospel and making heads way to to present the gospel to other nations. Um, But also, look at what we've been able to do. Look at what we're continuing to do. So this year, we're going to continue to speak to the heart of of, of Fire Bible. You're going to hear a lot about that, uh, and I'm excited about it. Um, But this morning, if you can, I want to turn your attention, uh, if you will, to Psalm chapter uh, 4. I want to look at Psalm chapter 4 this morning, and... um, I want to just step into our, our thought for the day. It's interesting that, that this passage and how it came about, uh, I, I want to share with you really just from real-time uh, experience this week of what the Lord did in my life, um, and he brought me to, to Psalm 4, and then I'm going to give the, a little bit of background of how I got to this place. Um, But the Bible says in the book of Psalm chapter 4, if you put your attention on verse 4 and verse 5 is what I want to look at as our starting place. And then a little bit later on, if you're taking notes, we're going to look at John chapter 4 this morning. But Psalm chapter 4, verse 4, David makes the statement and he says, be angry, but do not sin. (laughs) We could just park it right there. Let's just talk about that for a moment. But he continues and he says, meditate. Within your heart, on the stillness of your bed. Then he goes on and he says, sow seeds of righteousness and trust in the Lord. Now, as I begin to read this passage and read this scripture, I, I read it and, and, and I quickly looked at the fact that it said, be angry, do not sin. Meditate in the stillness of your heart, or meditate in your heart in the stillness of your bed And then I went on and I read the next line, but I realized that there's actually a word that separates verses four and five. And the word is Selah. Somebody say Selah. Selah. Now, the word Selah means to pause, to stop for a moment. And it was interesting because uh, we're in, as of today, the 12th day of the fast. Come on, somebody say, praise God, I'm past the halfway mark. Yeah. I'm just now starting to think about food, but I'm not fully giving myself over to it yet because I still got a few more days. At least that's how we're talking in our house. I'm not stopping on the ads yet on Instagram. I'm still scrolling through. I might glance at it for a moment, but I'm scrolling through. In about three or four more days, I'll start making my menu for what I'm going to engage <laughs> But we started this year as we, as we have been doing church-wide with our 21 days of fasting. And I believe for many of you that it's been, it's been wonderful. It's, it, it's been, if I can use the word intentional, and I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to cite that word several times throughout uh, today's message. But I believe for, for many of you that this fast, it's been intentional. Uh, it's been, in some ways, for, for some of you, probably what you're hoping for. But on the other side of the coin, I know for some of us, it has been challenging. It's been very difficult. I know this for my wife and I. This has probably been one of the most difficult fasts that we've ever encountered, that we've ever gone through. Um, It it, it has pushed us. It has tested us. Um, It was funny. Before we stepped out this morning, we were taking a selah moment, a pause moment uh, in the green room. And I said, listen, I said let's let's just take a moment, let's just renew our minds. We've got lots of, you know, little little stressors right now that are getting the best of us and she said stressors. I said, "Yeah, we have got a 2-year-old and a 4-year-old." <laughs> it's okay. We're going to this this two shall pass. <laughs> we will push through this thing. But we know that that in its totality, this fast has has really pushed us in a different way, and, and I don't know, like some of you, you step into a new year, and you start to have all of these goals, and, and all of these dreams, and all of these things that, you know, that, that you begin to set your attention on, and your heart on, and, 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 and you go into the new year, and, and many people, they step into the new year with just this, I'm driven, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it. Whether you actually get it or not, two or three months down the road, for the first three weeks of the year, in your heart and everything within you is, it's grind time. I'm going to go after it. It's mine. I'm going to take my mountain. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do that thing. And, and we get super amped and excited and, and, and we'll go into the year with big hope. And, and all of that is great. I am not by any means discouraging that. If that's where you are, fan that flame, baby. Run it all the way through. Possess your mountain and be as strong today as Caleb was when he first started. Amen. Amen. But for me, I didn't enter into the year like that this year. And I begin to say, Lord, this year as we stepped into it, I don't feel this this momentum. I don't feel this drive. I mean, I know that there's big things that's ahead of us. I know that there's things that we need to accomplish. I know that there's things that that we desire to do. But where I'm at right now, I am tired. And I just wanted to ask right now, any people in the room feeling just a little tired today? It's okay. you don't worry. The Lord doesn't leave you <laughs> just because you're honest at church. I felt a little bit tired. Yeah. And so here we are, we're in the first couple of days of the fast and we're getting through, you know, the, 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 the fasting pains, trying to get settled in and, and, and just trying to, trying to get that little little glimmer of hope in our eye. We stepped into last week's Sunday service and the Lord moved powerfully as we were preaching upon, about Gideon. And it was just a day that I believe that the Lord was strengthening and, and I was excited. We got home and I took a glorious nap. Amen. I took a glorious nap, and I came up out of that nap, and I was feeling like, okay, we got over the speed bump of, of that first initial part of the fast. I'm ready to get anchored in and, and, and go into the week, and, and man, I'm so excited. And Monday came around, and we took our kids to school. We had a very productive day. We had a handful of meetings, and, and, I, and at the end of the day, I went, and I got my son and my daughter from school, and we got in the car, and we, we uh, made our way home, and as soon as I got out of the car, I looked at my wife and I said take the kids (laughs) like with this very no emotion stare I just said take the kids and I proceeded to walk inside and I just collapsed on our couch and I couldn't move for hours ended up having almost 102 fever and I'm laying on the couch and my wife's in the other room, and she's, she's taking care of the kids, and I couldn't move. And I begin to just cry. No joke. Like, listen, fellas, it's okay to cry. A good cry. It's, it's cleansing, by the way. You're just clearing out the junk. You're just renewing yourself. I, but, but seriously, I, I was laying on the couch, and I just began to cry. And I was like, Lord, don't you understand? We're in a fast right now. Like, this is 21 days. I'm setting my life before you to be devoted to you. This is all for you. All that I desire is to get close to you, to hear your voice, to get fired up for the things that you want me to do, God. What in the world? And I got a fever right now. And I begin to get angry. And I'm laying on the couch and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm in tears and my wife's checking in on me and I finally migrate to our bedroom and, and I'm there for several more hours and, and, and finally before I went to bed that night, I said, Lord, you've got to take this thing away from me. I am not turning back on this fast right now. I already went through this speed bump and now here I am and I'm not feeling well. Lord, you have to take this from me because I desire with all my heart to be intentional in this fast. That night the fever broke and it began to subside and the next morning I woke up and I felt strength begin to come back into my body and I wasn't 100% but I just, I felt like, okay, now I can get back to what I started. And uh, the Lord said, no, stay home. What are you talking about, stay home? We got a staff meeting today. We got follow-ups we got to do. There's things that, that's going on. We're trying to prepare ourselves. We got a, a big life track season that's ahead coming up in February. We've got all these things, right? And the Lord said, no, you need to stay home. Sean, you need a timeout. <laughs> and if I can just speak to you from that one title line, do you need a timeout? Do you need a time? Out. Let that graphic rest in your mind for a moment because when you see that graphic, quickly what comes to mind is when you acting all-up. It's funny, the other day, my son, he was getting all animated and excited. That's just a kind way of saying he was being less than obedient. And I said, buddy, do you need a timeout? No. And then he just started getting worse, and I was like, no, you, that, that, mean, that means you do need a timeout. There's two things that will put the fear of the Lord in my son, is if you say timeout, or if you say it's time for night-night. <laughs> night-night and timeout is not part of his language. That's not what his vocabulary enjoys. But in this case, I mean, he was getting turned up. Any parents got some kids that just get turned up? Come on now. So my son, he was, he was getting all over the place. And, and it was at the end of the day. And here's the thing. You know when you're on 21 days of fasting, the threshold of your patience gets very, very slim. Oh. <laughs> if there's anything that you should be praying for more in 21 days of fasting is, Lord, show me how to walk out patience before you, Lord. So it was getting really slim. And so I, we put him in timeout. And so, you know. It was interesting because his timeout became our timeout because we were able to collect ourselves. And, of course, he went in all crying and flailing and upset and all of this stuff. And, and of course, after a couple of moments, it got real quiet in his room. Got A little too quiet. All of a sudden, we heard this noise. So, what in the world? Next thing I know, I got a miniature human being at my knee. Brother climbed out of his crib. (laughs) I determine when your timeout is done. What you doing here? And he just had a grin on his face. (laughs) He escaped his timeout. This is exactly what he did. I said, oh, Lord, we entered into that season that my son is done with cribs now. The same thing happened with my daughter. We put her in a timeout. She was about two and a half years old and heard the the same thud. She came out running into the room, and she just started laughing. (laughs) But it was interesting because there was a moment that he went in fussy and frustrated. and, And in that moment when he was in his crib, all of a sudden there was this calm that began to settle in. See, there's something interesting about a timeout. A time out allows you to be realigned. It allows you to get refocused. It allows you to come to this place where you understand what your purpose is in Christ Jesus and not what your purpose is according to what you want. And many of us, we overwork ourselves with goals and dreams and things that we think is going to give us a sense of fulfillment in life. But the question is, is it fulfilling the purpose that God has for your life? And so I, 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 I present to you that in life, it's important that we have a timeout. And so here I was earlier in the week and and I wasn't feeling well and I cry out to the Lord and and the Lord arrests me and says, Sean, you need to have a time out. And on this Tuesday, he brings me to this passage in in the book of Psalms and how it says in verse 4, be angry, but do not sin. It's important to note that David gives you a permission slip to be angry. It's okay to be angry. And really, if you understand the context of what it means when he is saying be angry, is he's saying it's all right to get excited. It's okay to get worked up. It's okay that your emotions begin to flare a little bit because we're human beings. We go through life. Life presents itself. But he says, but don't allow that to define who you are. And I believe that as we are in this year, as we are planted in the house of the Lord, the enemy will try to tempt you, to test you, to try you, to get you to give way so that your emotions become your reality. But I'm here to tell you that when you're planted in the house of the Lord, timeouts are going to be necessary. He says, be angry, but do not sin. The word sin means to miss the mark. And when I allow my emotions, when I allow myself mentally and emotionally, and it even carries into to, to how I, I live my life physically, because you think about it, what you begin to feast on up here will become your reality out here. And I've made this statement before, but, but we know the scripture says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So what you conclude internally is how you're going to live your life externally, And if you don't like the reality of what is going on on the outside of you, then you need to take a say-la moment, a pause moment, a time-out and meditate on the Spirit of God that's within you. And what I find is that many of us, we don't take our pause moments, our time-outs from a place of rest. We do it at a place of recovery. My wife put this statement, um, we have a dry erase board in our garage. And uh, we have our home gym in our garage, and she put this statement up there for a very long period of time. And she says, time off won't heal you if the problem is how you spend time on. And we'll say that again. Time off will not heal you if the problem is the way you spend time on. And a lot of us will look for time off, but there's a difference between time off and time out. Time off is to be totally disconnected, but a timeout is intentional. Any athletes in the room, anybody that like to watch sports, I don't care what, what, what sport game it is, basketball, baseball, football, doesn't matter what it is. In sports, there is what is called a time out. Time outs are called for. They are intentional. A time out, by the way, and a half time are two different things. We heard a wonderful message about 21 days of fasting can almost serve as your halftime. Your halftime, your 21 days that allows you, if you know in in, in the sports world, you you play half the game, there is a halftime, you go to the locker room, you get a little rest, you evaluate your performance, you get your refocus, and you go back and you play the second half of the game, whether you went into that halftime winning, or losing it is a moment that you are able to totally reset yourself and it helps you to be able to go into the second half with clarity and with focus but a halftime and a timeout are two different things because half times are coming whether you like it or not you'll experience a halftime in your life Joshua experienced a halftime before he led God's people into the promised land, and the Lord encountered him, and he he began to charge him about being strong and being courageous, and and he began to to, to, to charge him to say, you're you're not like your ancestors. That was a halftime. It was coming for him before he got ready to go into the promised land. Moses himself had a halftime at the burning bush. He's 40 years old on the backside of a mountain, and he's he's, he's tending the sheep and the flock, and the Lord encounters him in the form of of, of a flaming fire in this bush, and it was his halftime leading him into the second half of his life. So half times will come, but timeouts are called for. And you have to begin to develop and discipline yourself to have a timeout. Because a timeout allows you to have a moment where you get realigned with your purpose, with the word of the Lord, with what God has for your life, your, your, your timeouts are, are the pause points in a song. I want to say it like this, is that your life is a story, but it's also a song. Think about a song, even the worship that we heard this morning. Could you imagine if Ken just played one note on that keyboard, didn't let that note up, didn't let, didn't let that chord up, it would just be one tone to the point where we would probably get frustrated because it would just be noise, And when you don't take time outs in life, your life just looks like noise. Your life is very irritable. Your life is very just one one note being played. And the Lord is saying, your life's not one note being played. Your life is a melody. Your life is a rhythm. When you think about when God went back and recreated the heavens and the earth, and we go through the six days of creation, it said on the seventh, he rested. There was a... Pause. But even when he was in the process of recreation and he separates day from night and and, 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 and the sun and the moon and the stars he reestablishes and and water from dry land and and the herbs that are the vegetation of the earth and the animals that begin to to come forth and and of course man and woman who he put breath inside of us, at the end of those scriptures it would say and that concluded the first day and that was the second day. Listen, the God who created heaven and earth could sneeze and everything would come back into existence. Could just say one word and everything according to Genesis 1 could have happened in in one fell swoop. But the reality of it was this, the Lord knew he wanted to take pauses. Because think about this, every time you come out of a timeout, you feel like you've got your rhythm back. You got your focus back. You're back in the game. You get your stride. Time outs are so important because it allows you to be in rhythm with the Lord. And sometimes we've gotten so in rhythm with ourselves that we are no longer in a rhythm. We're just going about life being a noise. And the Lord does not want your life to be a noise. He wants it to be a, a sweet song that in the things that you do this year and the, and the things that, that, that is to give him glory and the, and the life that he's given you to live, that it's a sweet song of praise and glory to him. A time out church allows you to get back on God's wavelength. Have you found yourself out of rhythm this year? Say, Pastor, we're two weeks in. Some of y'all have been out of rhythm since last year. And you're just trying to catch a breath and trying to figure out how to get into it this year. Take a time out. David says, I will meditate within." I love what he says, by the way. I'm going to meditate within my heart. I'm not going to work it out on the job. I'm not going to figure it out as I'm on the go. I'm not going to try and make sense of it as I'm moving. He says, you better plant yourself and stop. If you're going to be planted in the house of the Lord sometimes, you just got to stop. And you got to take inventory. He says, meditate not just within your heart, but in the stillness of your bed. Some of you are like, "Sweet, I'm going to go home and take a nap today." (laughs) The stillness of my bed, I'm meditating. No, the 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 thing that David is being intentional about is the fact that you need to get to a quiet, safe place that you can just rest in the Word of God and before we are so excited to conquer mountains this year and I want you to conquer every mountain that presents itself before you and you can because the Bible says you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength so you can do it but when you do it do it with the Word of God the implanted Word of God the book of James chapter 1 It says this in verse 19, it says, be swift to hear, slow to speak, not easily given over to wrath because wrath does not produce the righteousness of God. And then he goes on and he says, and now get rid of all wickedness, all filthiness, and receive with meekness the implanted word of God. The key to the implanted word of God taking root in your heart is you got to get rid of the noise, the wickedness, the filth, the things that compete for your attention, the things that distract you, the things that pull you away from the word of the Lord. You need to get rid of those things so the word of God can be planted into your heart. And this year, if you want to see the Lord flourish in your life, it's because, one, you're planted in his house, but really it's because his word is planted in you. When the word, the implanted word takes root, I am now postured for my life to flourish in his courts. But he says you got to be swift to hear. Slow to speak. He didn't say slow to hear. and Swift to speak. But when we allow the noise of life and the angst and being given over to the emotions and the angers, we are not swift to hear. We are swift to speak because I'm going to tell that person, that family member, that coworker exactly how it is because they're going to understand what I'm going through and what I'm dealing with as if you're the only person that is going through things in life. Tell somebody next to you, it's not about you. And tell to it yourself, it's not just about me. <laughs> but we can get so dialed in to what we want as we step into a new year that we miss out on what He needs. And if I want the implanted word to take root. I've got to be in a still place where my ears can hear the word of the Lord. Not just on Sundays, Wednesdays, and when I'm in certain circles, but every day of my life, the good ground of my life, my ears are saying, Lord, I'm receiving your word. Because it is is your word that gives life. It is your word that gives hope. It is your word that leads me to be able to flourish in 2024. It is your word. It's his word. Hear me, it is his word, it is the living word of God that produces life in you. Jesus talks about it in John, apart from me, you do nothing. A lot of us, we think we can do everything, and then when crisis comes, then we're going to abide in him. No, abide in him from the jump, and you will bear much fruit. Time out. I like a good time out. I like it for me. I like a good time out for me. It's a moment that I can stop and take inventory. Lord, what are you saying in this moment? I've had um, maybe about four or five conversations this week in a very short period of time. And in every conversation, we were talking about the new year and expectations. And and in each of these uh, conversations I'm having, each individual that I spoke to said, this year I just want to be intentional. I just want to be intentional. Last year we concluded 2023 strong, and maybe that's some of you that's in the room. Man, it was just a, a closeout banger of a year. Man, we, we, we did our companies, they crushed it at the end of the year. Man, my job performance was through the roof at the end of the year. Everything was great at the end of the year, and now we're kind of trickling into this new year, and we're kind of saying, I need to breathe for a moment because I don't want to just continue on as a noise. I want this year to have that sweet melody, that rhythm, that song. I want to, I need a a time out. I need a pause for a moment because I want this year to be intentional. Church, I speak to you that this year, if you're going to truly flourish, it's because you're intentional. It's because you're in, you got to be intentional this year. The word of the Lord and one of the points was that it would be a year that the Lord would establish order in his church. Godly order means you have to be intentional. And to be intentional, sometimes you have to have a say la pause time out. Even Jesus had a time out. You see, Jesus, need, yeah, Jesus had a time out. I want you to turn your, uh, to your Bibles to John chapter 4 this morning. And I just want to put a couple of moments in this story that we have here. John chapter 4, I love this uh, passage. It's where Jesus encounters this woman at the well and there you go, I just summed it up so now we all know what we're about to read. <laughs> just got us there. But I want to read through a couple lines of text because something very interesting takes place in John chapter 4. you got to understand at this point, Jesus has been in a time of ministry where on, on his, his ministry circuit, on his traveling, he's been spending a lot of time with people in Jerusalem with, with people of of, of of his culture with the Jews and, and and what we find earlier on in John is we have the one incident where he goes to worship in the temple and they're buying and selling and doing everything that kinda would be contrary to the house of the Lord being holy. And he gets irate and upset and he chases everyone out. And, and there's that infamous statement where he says, you know, tear down this temple and it will be rebuilt in three days. And they're saying, don't you understand? It took decades for our ancestors to build it. What are you talking about? And he was speaking of himself. We have this moment where, where, where he is preaching and speaking to, to his people. And then we find out that he's moving along and he's ministering to other people in the city and in the town. And, 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 and what we find out in John 4 is that he's finishing up a time of baptizing, and it wasn't that he was doing it, but, but his disciples, they were doing the baptizing, and, and, and the Pharisees, they're, they're starting to look at him a little crooked, and they're wondering, what's up with this guy, and who is this guy? And, and a, lot, a lot of energy, a lot of output that the Lord is demonstrating is, is primarily with his people. And we find out in John chapter 4, in verse 4, That the word of God says this, as he's traveling, it says, but he needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sikar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well... It was about the sixth hour, and a woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Verse 8, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food, and then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And I love Jesus' response, if you knew the gift that God and And who it was that says to you, give me a drink, that actually you would ask him, and he would give you living water. And the woman says to him, but sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. And their conversation continues to go on about this, but Jesus then makes this statement in verse 13, and he says, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I give will never thirst. The water that I give to him will become... In him, a fountain of water springing up everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I might not thirst again. And Jesus said to her, verse 16, Go call your husband. Now, here's where the timeout starts to reveal its purpose. Jesus says to her, Go call your husband and come over here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You have well said. Uh, you have well said. I have no husband. In verse eighteen, he says, "For you have had five husbands, and the woman, or in, and the one whom you now have is not your husband." In that you spoke truly. I love this in verse nineteen. A little misdirection. Let's change the subject really quick. The woman said to him, "Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet, and our fathers worshipped on this mountain." <laughs> and you Jews say that in Jerusalem. Is the only place where you ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither worship on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You will worship the Father. And he goes on and he talks about how the hour is coming, verse 23, but it is now when true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. This is a very interesting conversation that is taking place because in verse 4, it says that he needed to go through Samaria. It didn't say he wanted to go. It said he needed to go through Samaria. And the Bible goes on and it says because he was wearied from his journey. Jesus was at a place in his travel, in his ministry, where he was tired. I'm sure emotions were starting to build because even though he was son of God, he was also son of man. He was fully flesh. And he's feeling wearied and and, and he says, you know what, I'm going to take a time out in the middle of the day at this well because I need some water. And so here he is in this time out at the well, and he encounters this woman. And you got to understand, though, that it says that he needed to go through Samaria. He needed a time out, but his time out was not without purpose. His time out was, how can I get back into alignment with my purpose? So you've got to understand something, as the conversation unfolds between Jesus and this woman, he begins to talk to her about the barriers of worship that are being broken down, that Jesus didn't just come to save some, but he came to save all. And at this point of his ministry, he was focused on one people group. But the Lord is saying, Jesus, I need you to go to Samaria, take a time out, get refocused, get realigned with this purpose. Because this message that you're carrying, Jesus, is not just for the Jews, but it's also for the Gentiles. And I want to keep you sharp on why you're here on this earth. Now, the Bible doesn't say any of that. But I can easily look at this situation that he knew there was a lot of output in one direction and he needed to have a timeout to get realigned. Why am I here? What am I doing? And your timeouts, they realign you with what the purpose of God is and not the purpose that you desire. Some of you might not want a timeout, but trust me, some of you need a timeout. And he's at the well and he's, and he's talking with this woman. And here's the thing that you got to see. The Bible says in, in, in verse 9, Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Now, we have to understand, Samaritans and Jews, to keep it simple, they don't get it, they, 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 they don't, you know, they don't mesh well. They, uh, they don't get along religious and cultural indifferences. You can go back and study that out. But, but they, they don't talk. And here's Jesus and he's asking for this woman for a drink and she's like, hold on a second. Like, are like our, our people, like me? you, we, we, It doesn't work like that. And the Bible says because Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Now here's what I want you to do for a second. I want you to step outside of the story and I want you to see your life. You need to have a time out, and the reason why you need to have a time out is because in your time out, you will deal with things that normally you would never deal with. And he says right here that Jews don't deal with Samaritans. Well, on this day, Jesus is dealing with it. And some of you are wanting to try and deal with situations in your life, but it requires you to pause, stop, internalize the word of the Lord for your life to get to the root of the issue. And in order for Jesus to be able to deal with this problem, he had to have a time out, a say law, a pause moment to encounter this woman, to bring about resolution, to bring about healing, to bring about restoration, to bring about salvation. For at the end of the story, she goes, and we know that out of her testimony, many others believed in Jesus. See, what you need to keep in mind is that your time out is not about grounding you and keeping you away from the things that you're supposed to do, but it realigns you so that you can re-engage and be all that God's called you to be. Sometimes we want the Lord to fix all of our problems and all of it goes away. Jesus only needed to encounter one woman that would change an entire group of people. All he needed to do was have one time out to deal with one issue that became the key to changing many other issues. When he was able to focus in his time out on one individual, deal with one individual, it was that one individual now that became the voice and the testimony that brought salvation to many others. Miracles to many others. What I'm trying to communicate to you this morning is in your time out, it will cause you to focus On what is going on and what the Lord wants to do in your life. But stop trying to figure out how it's all going to work out. And how is it all going to come together. And how am I going to make this thing all turn around. Just allow yourself to focus on the one thing. The better part. What is the word of the Lord saying to you. And out of that one thing. Healing and life. And victory and strength will begin to flourish. Out of him encountering the one manifested salvation to many, when I focus on the one, the time out on the one, Lord, what are you saying? In me, in my heart, it will become the key to the rest of 2024 in you seeing breakthrough and blessing and increase and influence. You'll see your, your, not just your lives transformed, but you'll see your families and your communities. You'll begin to see our cities transformed. Why? Because we were willing to stop and get focused on the one thing. I said, Lord, the other day on Tuesdays, I'm crying out. He said, Sean, I want you to get focused on the one thing. My word, before you're so busy to get on to all these other things. Just stop. Church, can we just stop for a moment? Can we just stop looking for the next thing to give us comfort, the next thing to get us through the next thing, to get us amped, the next thing, to get us charged, the next thing, like we're looking for the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. And Jesus says, man, listen, tomorrow is going to take care of itself. Focus on today. Can you, can you take a moment today, and I'm not saying not to be future-driven, and, and not to be thinking ahead. No, we should be, be future-driven. We should be thinking ahead. We should have roles and goals and all kinds of things that motivate us, and all of that is great, but can we just stop for a second? Because everything is competing for our attention. Everything is competing for your heart. And that's why James says, I caution you. Because when these things get in there, the implanted word which is able to save your soul will not stick. Because you can't have the things of the world and the things of God and expect to flourish in both. Revelation says you better choose hot or cold. You're not going to be lukewarm. It ain't going to happen. Ain't nobody like anything lukewarm. I hate my broth lukewarm right now. That's what I've been on. Bone broth. And salt and pepper. I pretend that it's a rotisserie chicken. It's so far from the truth. But I want you to take inventory. I know, this is not a message that gets you all jumping up and screaming and shouting, don't worry, we got 50 more weeks this year, plenty of time to do all of that good stuff. I don't want to do that. The Lord spoke to me very, very, very intentionally and specifically this week. And he put it on my heart to charge you and challenge you. Do you need a timeout? Do you need a moment just to stop, stand still and take inventory? Lord, what is your word saying? What is, your word say? what is his word saying to you this year? I want to challenge you even this week. Be intentional. Take time outs where you're, where you're sitting quiet before the Lord. And you're saying, Lord, what is your word speaking to my life and to my family this year? What, what, what do you want me to do this year? How, how do you want me to respond? And, and, and Because that's the thing. The Lord doesn't want his church to be a reactive church. He wants us to be responsive. When emotions, when, when you allow the anger and the, and the emotions and the things to, to take ownership of your life, you're just reactive. And, and nobody wants to hear from a reactive Christian. Ain't, ain't no gospel going to stick with that when you're all up in your emotions and you're all like flustered. And people are going to say, well, what's up with that God that you serve? <laughs> the Lord wants you to be swift to hear, slow to speak, not easily given over to wrath. Wrath, by the way, is your anger in action, that's what the word wrath is. It's when I choose to move from being angry to now doing something about it. Even God was piping hot in the Book of Genesis when the world was sinning, and He says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna destroy man. I'm gonna wipe him out." I'm, I'm, I almost regret the fact that I did that. I brought life back into the earth, and the Bible says in Genesis six that Noah found grace in His eyes. And that the Lord's anger subsided because of one man that was willing to be righteous. When I give myself over to emotions and I allow anger to get the best of me, I'm not walking with the grace of God. Some, for some of you, you might just need to have grace for yourself. For some of you... You've had such expectation that you expected to be at certain levels and places of your life that maybe you have not stepped into yet. And so now you're beating yourself up. If only I would have done this and done this and done that. If only I would have done this thing in 2023, then I would have actually been a little bit further along. Well, hold on a second. Whose purpose are you fulfilling? Because if you have breath, you're still in line with God's purpose. But the more you take time out, you allow yourself to get in rhythm with his purpose. So stop disqualifying yourself. Stop, stop, stop removing yourself out of the equation. God is for you. God is with you. God's a good God. God loves you. This year will be your best year when you remain planted in him and his word in you. So say law. Give yourself some grace and breathe, baby. I'm trying to help somebody right now. Somebody's been really whooping themselves up, thinking now I got to do all of these things. Just stop. Just stop. Breathe. Say law, just breathe. Does that feel good? I heard you. <laughs> this lovely lady up here took a nice deep breath. Just breathe, guys. This is going to be an awesome year. And I know a lot of us are, are wanting to get after it. And you will. But breathe. Breathe. Because when I'm in rhythm with the Lord... Psalm 4, 5 says, I'm now in position to sow seeds of righteousness. I don't want to sow empty seeds. I don't want to sow purposeless seeds. I don't want to just sow selfish seeds. I want to sow seeds of righteousness. Sow seeds of righteousness and trust the Lord. Ooh, I love that part. Trust the Lord. In other words, have faith. Let me help you out with this one as I get ready to kind of close it up this morning sometimes faith is not about striving team you can go you're good sometimes faith is not about striving faith is about surrendering sometimes we want the faith to run and go after it and ah, and it's like no god's saying sometimes faith is just stop surrender for a second who who who's in the driver's seat (laughs) let the lord take the wheel this year now don't use that as an empty excuse to do nothing I can hear it six months from now. You told me let the Lord take the wheel. I've just been sleeping in the back seat. I I, I do nothing. We're going to get there. No. But what I am saying is, have you ever been in those vehicles where you are driving and they, they have these really cool security systems that when you start to drift out of the lane, it buzzes in your seat, right? Some of them, it's on the wheel. It's like, oh my goodness, what's going on? Right? What is it doing? It's reminding you, stay on course. Stay, 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 on, stay, stay on course. You're, you're drifting a little bit. The Lord is Lord saying, my, my hand's on the wheel with you. He's with you this year. But I want you to be intentional. Lord, what does your word say for my life? We trust that what you heard today has encouraged you to live the abundant life. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on our website, AbundantLife.tv, or follow us on Instagram at AbundantLife underscore TV and Facebook at Come to Life. And remember, God is a good God. He loves you. and He wants to bless you.